Lord, as we come in this place, we pray that your spirit is amongst us, that you reveal yourself to us and illumine our hearts and our minds as we hear from your holy word, your scriptures that have been passed down to us from generation to generation so that we can hear it this morning, in this time and in this place. Change and soften our hearts so that we can meet you as we are. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. And then he took the curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared, and he set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. And they said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. This is the word of the Lord. Well, many thanks to Mike for that first reading for this morning from the Old Testament. Uh, And he was speaking the truth to you all when he said, we honestly don't know what's in the mailbox. It's not, not something that we plan ahead. We honestly don't know. And he did... He did another great job this morning. So I have offered to us today two passages, one from the Old Testament and one from the New. Mike just read to us from Genesis chapter 18, and now I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10. Uh, Both of these come to us from the lectionary. Uh, This entire liturgical year focuses on the gospel of Luke. And both of these passages this morning uh, bear the theme of hospitality. So let's listen now to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This is the very familiar story of sisters Mary and Martha. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. 
but there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. It's the word of the Lord. Why don't you bow one more time with me, please? Gracious God, we focus our hearts and our minds now on these two passages, one from the life of Abraham and one from the sisters, Mary and Martha. Oh Lord, we ask that you would open up for us today this theme of hospitality. Allow it to just seep into our hearts and our minds, Lord, all to make us better disciples, better followers of you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's a lot of things that this church does really well, right? I've noticed that in my first couple of months here. Of course, you all know that, right? That's why you come to this church. And and of course, all of you are to be thanked and credited for the many things that this church does well. But one of the things that I have noticed that you all do particularly well is hospitality, hospitality. You're very good at offering me, right, a stranger, I was a stranger, at offering me hospitality. And I'll tell you what I mean. On my very first day here at the church, I was invited to lunch by Pastor Derek. He took me over to lunch at the Edgeworth Club, and we sat at just this beautiful table, you know, beautifully set, Uh, lovely crystal and silverware, and I had this meal. Oh my goodness, it was this delicious, healthy salad with greens and berries and this chicken that was encrusted with this pecan coating. It was so delicious. And then the very next day, I was invited again to a lovely lunch by Craig Dobbins. He and I walked into town, and we went to the Swickley Hotel and sat there and Again, had a lovely lunch of salad. I think I had a spinach salad that day, and Craig, well, you can ask him what he had. I don't remember, but it was another lovely salad. Uh, Later, a few days later, I was invited for a lovely uh, time of tea and coffee by Mary and Nancy H., and we went down uh, to Mediterra down the street there and had a lovely time uh, with tea and coffee. And another day, I was taken to lunch, uh, this delicious Tex-Mex lunch by Joan and Nancy M., and we just had this feast of food that day. And then I would really be remiss if I didn't mention that I was invited to Jenna's home, Jenna's, Jenna's beautiful home up on the hill with the membership committee, and she laid out this breakfast spread that was beautiful. There was quiche, and there was fruit, and there was breakfast treats, and some of the best coffee I've ever had. And certainly, I would very much be remiss if I forgot to mention the wonderful deacon's dinner that I, that I was invited to at Gretchen's home. Oh my gosh, the spread that the deacons put out there was smoked pulled pork and potatoes and pasta and vegetable. And there was this bowl of dessert that was like this tall with whipped cream on top. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. And then of course, I I can't forget all of the times that I've been invited to cake, right? In the Robinson room. And one time it was, it was for me and my family as we ate this delicious cake with the, with the, what do they call that? The buttercream icing on the top. And then, of course, I I can't forget the donuts that I've been offered since I've been here, too. 
Dave, our sound man in the back, he goes, he goes all the way to Beaver Falls to Orem's Donut Shop and gets those fabulous donuts. I think they've been voted best in the country a few times. And he, he brought them here for me. He brought them here for Hannah, our, our student from, from uh, the Czech Republic. You remember her? And we feasted on these donuts that are like this big, you know, with custard and cream. And oh my goodness, I think I'm gaining weight just talking about all of this, right? It's been fabulous food and fabulous drink and fabulous hospitality. And I am profoundly grateful for all of these opportunities to get together with you and, and learn your names and, and just to have some good times over food and drink. Now, of course, I listed all of this food and drink just sort of for emphasis this morning because we all know that when we gather like this together, the food and the drink are not the point, right? They're not really the point. Everybody knows that eating is never the goal, although it's, it's fun, right? But it's never the goal. For it is through these times of, of intimacy, these one-on-one -on -one conversations or small group conversations, where we get to know one another, I learn your names, I learn how you fit into this wonderful ministry here at Swickley Presbyterian Church, and these times that we plan ministry together. It is through these relationships that ministry happens. It is through these relationships that we move nearer to the Lord and to serving Him together. Hospitality is a key part of life. It forms the bedrock of many cultures around the world, and our scriptures bear witness to this. Our, in, in our scriptures, there's a long history recorded in the Old Testament of the Mesopotamian culture of hospitality, and our scriptures bear witness to first century Palestine in the New Testament and that culture of hospitality as well. For God knows, God knows that good hospitality is essential for good human relationships and hospitality is essential for God-human relationships as well. Our Old Testament passage uh, for today that Mike read a few minutes ago shows some really ancient hospitality. It goes all the way back uh, to the time of Abraham, right? Magnificent Abraham, the father of our faith. And here we see Abraham offering some really great hospitality to some complete strangers. The scene opens and we see Abraham sitting at, at really at the front door of his home. He's sitting there under this beautiful tree for some shade. And verse 1 tells us that Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them, and he bowed down to the ground. Right? This bowing down is a, is a sign of respect to these strangers. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree. And then the story shows us this, it's almost a frantic effort by Abraham to put on the best hospitality that he knows how. He asks his wife to make cakes. He asks his servant to, to, to bring the best calf possible and prepare it for them. 
And then he offers them this, this delicacy of precious curds and milk, right? The dairy part of the meal uh, alongside. Truly, this is, this is a feast that Abraham is preparing for these complete strangers. And at the very end of the scene, uh, we see just this incredible blessing that comes out of this hospitality, this blessing of where the strangers promise Abraham and Sarah a son, right? A long-awaited son who we know as Isaac, right? This incredible blessing comes to them from this almost holy encounter of hospitality. Now, it would take me, gosh, probably 20 to 30 sermons to describe all of the examples of hospitality that we see in our Old Testament. But suffice it to say that hospitality, like the kind that Abraham offered, was a bedrock of that Mesopotamian culture. In fact, people's lives literally depended on it. For they had no Holiday Inn or McDonald's or Wendy's, you know, to stop at and get a quick bite. And when people traveled long distances, right, they were walking, they were riding on, on a camel or a donkey, and they needed, they, they relied upon someone to give them food and water and maybe a place to sleep so that they could survive. So then we fast forward to the first century and this scene in the Gospel of Luke. So this is the same general area of the world that we're talking about, right? The Middle East. And so that, that culture of hospitality still exists. Now, if you remember, two weeks ago, I also preached from the Gospel of Luke. It was chapter 10 as well. And that was a scene that involved some hospitality too. If you remember, Jesus was commissioning 70 of his disciples to go out and tell people about him. And their instruction was to go into the nearest town to knock on the door, and they're basically asking for hospitality, right? They're asking to come inside and sit at table fellowship. And as they did this, that's when they unfolded this, just this beautiful, peaceful story, hopeful story about God's inbreaking into their lives. And today, just a little bit further on, we're still in chapter 10, we hear another story that focuses on hospitality. We hear this story about sisters, Mary and Martha, okay? I'm sure you all know them. They also have a brother named Lazarus, who is introduced to us in John's gospel. But here we just see Martha and Mary, the sisters from Bethany. Now, I would bet, I would bet that a lot of you here today know this story, especially the women, right? Especially the women. For this story about these two sisters, Martha and Mary, has provided fodder for so many women's books, and Bible studies over the years, right? And the question, the question usually presented in these Bible studies is this. Ladies, ladies, are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Right? This is the question that is often asked. Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? 
Are you the one who runs around baking the banana bread and setting it on the table and getting the coffee and the china cups out, right, and pouring it for the guests? Is that you? Or, or are you Mary, the one who sits pensively at the feet of Jesus, waiting to be taught, right, quiet and waiting just, just to pick up the slightest bit of wisdom that drops from his mouth, Right? Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? And either or, right? It's like, a, it's like a binary choice here. Which one are you going to choose? Well, I say nonsense. I say that's a false choice. I say nobody needs to make that choice after reading this passage. I think that we need to see this passage for the holistic lesson that it really offers to us. You know, I just got through laying out how important hospitality is in our Bibles. Right? That's the truth. That's the honest truth. I wouldn't lie to you. I would not lie to you. That is the honest truth. In fact, I would go so far as to say that there are also stories in our Bibles that show us bad examples of hospitality. Right? These people failed to offer hospitality, and then it shows the bad or unfortunate consequences from that. I mean, you take your Old Testament, right? I mean, the story of Sodom is a story of visitors coming to a town, and they're treated horribly, absolutely horribly. And as a result, you know, that story, God destroys the whole town. And if you look in the New Testament, well, I know, we, I know we love our Christmas story, right? We love it. But if you look at it through the eyes of hospitality, it's, it's really kind of difficult to bear. For you have this, this couple, Mary and Joseph, right? They're traveling a long distance. She's, she's out to here pregnant. She's riding on the back of a donkey. And they get to Bethlehem, and what happens? Right? Knock, 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 knock. No room. Knock, 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 knock. No room. Knock, 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 knock. No room at the end. Right? You feel bad for them. And this young couple about to have a baby is forced to go in this setting with the hay and the, you know, the manger and the animals. I mean, it's a beautiful tableau for our Christmas cards, right? It is. But it's a bad example of hospitality, right? No room at the end. So given, given this legacy of stories about hospitality in our scriptures, both old and new, there is no way, no way that Martha, who is the one who set this table for Jesus, is to be seen in a bad light, right? No way. She is, she is the Martha Stewart of the New Testament, She is the one who is is treating Jesus in the way that her society wants her to treat him. So she should not be seen as as bad or as falling short or as a sinner in any way. She is not wrong. She's just, well, I'll say a little incomplete, right? A little incomplete. So Jesus gives her some advice. He talks to her, and you know he's talking to her in a kind way, right? He loves this family. He loves this family. 
The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus cried when the brother, Lazarus, died, right? So he loves this family. So he addresses her saying, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but there is need of only one thing, right? That's what he says to her. Jesus is concerned that her efforts, her, her, her determination to provide this perfect table for him will get in the way of the other part of their time together, right? The time when he is going to sit and he is going to teach these sisters about the kingdom of God. As I said a few minutes ago about this particular church, right, the most blessed part of the opportunity to get together and, and share donuts or cake or whatever it is, uh, is, is, is when we form relationships and we learn together and we grow together all in the effort of serving our Lord. At the deacon's dinner at Gretchen's house, we had this delicious spread that I described earlier, but then we also sat down and we got into the work of being a deacon, right? How are we going to serve this church through the ministry of the deacons? So there was some Martha there, and there was some Mary there, and it was, it was all rolled up into one. This is what Martha may be missing, and Jesus doesn't want her to miss it. He doesn't want her to be so focused on the banana bread that she misses his message of the inbreaking of God's kingdom right there in her living room, right? Don't miss it. You want to say, don't miss it, Martha. Sit down and listen, right? The dishes can wait. But we don't need to reject her, right? To, to make her the bad character in this story in order to understand Jesus' point about Mary, there is a time to go and do. There is a time to listen and reflect. And knowing which one to do and when is a matter of spiritual maturity. But both Martha and Mary are needed in our church and in our world. And so as we work together as a family of faith to, to be this, what I'm calling complete package, we need to look at all the ways we offer hospitality, because we do it really well, we do. I mean, we had a wonderful cookout a few weeks ago at the Center for Hope, and we're going to do it again on July 28th. I hope you come and join us. But when we do that, we, we can't get so bogged down with the hamburgers and the hot dogs that we forget to go out and share our love with our neighbors who are there eating their supper, right? We need to go out and interact with them and share, share the gospel with them, share our lives with them, share the church with them, and listen to them in return. As we have new members classes around here, we had one in May, we're going to have another one in the fall. As we do that, we usually prepare a lovely meal, bacon and eggs. We had a breakfast, I know, in May. And so as we, as we prepare that meal, we can't get so bogged down in the meal that we forget to share why we love our church, right? Why we, why we like to be Presbyterian 
And we, we need to help them get assimilated into the church and help them to share their gifts, right? You see, it's a little of both. And as we bring a, a BRGR food truck over by the Faith House that we did a couple weeks ago for children with families, we, we can't get so worked up about how good <laughs> the burgers and the fries and the milkshakes are that we forget to talk to the families and listen to them and ask them, what do you need for your kids, right? What do you want for your kids so that we can come alongside them and help them to raise up young people in the faith, right? It's, it's Martha and it's Mary all rolled up into one. Friends, hospitality provides this amazing opportunity for us to get to know one another, to get to learn from one another, and to get to participate in ministry together. It is really a, a holy, holy time of being the church. And so anytime you get the opportunity to offer up some hospitality, especially to somebody you don't know, please do so. And then get ready for those relationships to unfold, for that ministry to unfold. Because it's all, it's Martha and it's Mary all rolled up into one complete package, right? That's the goal. Praise be to God. Amen.